now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Mosley Show. Tom Bichotta joining us now from The Athletic. John, I don't know if you were able to hear me talking about that Element Waco Hotel. I mean, if you need to get away after this possible coaching search, let me recommend that place. About an hour, 45 (laughs) minutes for you. You hole up. They got the heated pool, uh, beautiful rooms, great bar and restaurant. So I just, you know, if you want to not quite a staycation, but just right down the road, I just want you to keep that in mind, okay? I knew nothing about that, and then I heard that ad read, and now I'm interested. I want more Mosley ad reads. You like kind of? It sounds like I kind of lowered my voice down there. It's a very, it's a very kind of. That's an interesting, uh, interesting presentation there, um, John. The uh, Cowboys have the <laughs> number twenty four pick in the NFL draft. I mean, there's just there are things that are kind of funny when you say them out loud, right? Like when. when like that you have to move on that that's part of the abrupt nature of this and now the fans have to start thinking oh my gosh the draft the senior bowl all of that but i mean that that was it was interesting to hear from jerry the other day because he 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 wasn't like angry really i mean i thought he sounded fine i think he was a little bit in shock he wasn't really ready to move on it is funny the guy who is is always you know he's never hesitant to question coaching decisions and things like that basically said guys i do not have the hows or whys for you and what he kind of admitted to me was like hey guys i'm here i'm in denial like i can't i can't really function right now and tell you anything about the coming days because i can't stop thinking about the fact i thought tomorrow we were going to think about going forward and what the next route would be and so i uh this is going to be an interesting process john what what did you make of what jerry said and what's your gut telling you right now i i don't know if it's like it's like what a jury's out is more time good for mccarthy or bad for mccarthy like more days that we kind of wait because he doesn't mind leaving people hanging jerry doesn't but I'm not sure which one it is. Like, if, it, if, it, if the longer it goes, is that better or worse for Mike McCarthy? Yeah, it's hard to say just because of the fact of it all comes down to, okay, who's his replacement if you are going to move in another direction? I don't know that Jerry is in love with any of the possible candidates. You know, you remove that old Sean Payton deal that we had for so long where it was always, oh, well, you know, Sean Payton will be the guy. Sean Payton will be the guy. Well, you remove that out of the equation. I don't know if there's a guy out there that, you know, obviously people mentioned Bill Belichick, but I don't know how well Jerry and Bill would work together. And I don't know how well Jerry thinks he would work with Bill. And so just because they're friendly doesn't mean that he wants to be the coach of the franchise. But no, he was definitely stunned after that game. And I'll say this, there is a part of me that thinks, when people say, oh, well, what you need to do is you just need to sleep on it a little bit and not, not make any rash decisions. I'll tell you what, from my own personal perspective, when I woke up the next morning, I kind of thought it was worse. Like in the moment, I was kind of surprised. You know, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like 27 and nothing. And they're down 32 in the fourth quarter. And you get there and you're, you're talking to Jerry after the game and, you know, in the locker room and, and those Mike and, and Dak after the game press conferences. And you're kind of like, yeah, man, that's so stunning. And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, that's even worse. Like, I guess I didn't factor this in when it was going on, but now looking back on it, I'm like, 
Is that the worst loss in Cowboys history? It's got to be in the conversation if, when you factor in the talent on the roster, what they've done the last three years to get to this point, the, the team they played, how well they've been playing at home. I mean, if that's not the worst loss, I'd love to know which one is. Yeah, with everything riding on it, you know, that Giants 2007 game comes to mind. Giants end up going and winning the Super Bowl. But having the two seed and having this happen against a 9-8 and eight team, I don't know if it's the worst playoff loss ever, but it, it, it might have to be the most embarrassing. They've had some bad stuff happen against the Eagles. But that wasn't a playoff game, was it? That was like a winner go home. I think they lost 44 to 6. That was a bad moment for Romo. I mean, they've had some stuff like that, but but with everything that's on the line and the great path that they had, and it just makes you rethink everything. It's almost like they have to get together. If they're going to try to run this back, they almost have to come up with like a new marketing plan, don't they? It's like Jerry's, if he's going to roll with McCarthy, He's got to come out and say something like, hey, I'm going to hold his feet to the fire and make him coach for his job. Like, I think that's the route he would have to go. Almost kind of like he did. Would, with, I don't think that would do anything for the fans. I don't think they'll even care you know, about that. I don't think running it back with, with what they have right now is going to do anything for the fan base. And, I mean, that goes throughout all of offseason, draft, training camp regular yeah. season you have to get back to next january 365 days from now is when is, is the first time that you could possibly unless you just you have some type of like i said the bell check thing which again i don't know that that's even the answer because judging by these last few years it i don't know how well bill relates with the current player and so i don't on resume wise they'll get people fired up but i don't think there's much he can do uh that was a big blow there is one of the most annoying things actually no it is the most annoying thing that i've dealt with the last couple of days are the Cowboys fans and, and, and fans in general I've seen on social media talk about how, oh, well, we, you, why would anybody think anything differently? This is what the Cowboys do. Nah, not like that. They don't. They also don't mm. win 12 games three years in a row. You can't dismiss that. You cannot dismiss what they've done these past three years in the regular season because that's not easy to do. If that's not a big deal, show me the other teams that are doing that, that are winning at type, that type of a clip in this type of parity-driven NFL. You're, nobody else is doing it on that level. So you can't sit here and tell me that it's just, oh, it's just an over, another overrated Cowboys team. We just overrate mm-hmm. them. No, they have a lot of good players on their team. They have a lot of good young players on their team. The problem is, is that nobody could have expected them to lay that egg that they did, and I don't even think it has anything to do with the Packers. I think they lose that day to Carolina. Like just how poorly they played in every facet from the quarterback, head coach, defense, defensive coordinator. They were so bad. I, I honestly has, think it has nothing to do with the Packers at all. It's, it's all about the Cowboys. Maybe not Carolina. <laughs> let's not go well, that hey, far. Hey, let's see, well, let's see, okay, let's see what Green Bay does to San Francisco. Let's see if it's even competitive. If it's yeah. competitive, I, may, I might rethink that. If they yeah. get blown off the map like I think they will, uh, yeah. no, 27 nothing late in the second quarter, nah. I think, old, I think old Bryce could come in there and maybe put up a couple touchdowns on, on how bad they played in that game. <laughs> John Machota from The Athletic joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. That faraway look in Dak's eye, we've seen it before. Post-game, bit of a deer in the headlights, just kind of like, you know, I mean, you knew he would take it or wear it. I mean, it's not like we would say, oh, this guy always says the wrong thing. It's the opposite of that. He generally always says the right thing. But you can only get up there so many times 
after something like that. Now, I was trying to think yesterday, what is he, 2-5 and five in the playoffs? How many times has he played poorly in the playoffs, would you say? I mean, he made the huge mistake at the end. We can blame McCarthy, too, of the San Francisco game, but he had played okay in that game, from what I remember. Played well against Tampa. So I, I would say he's now played poorly in, what, three of the seven, his seven playoff games, would you say? He, he, um, he, was, he was pretty bad. He was pretty bad at, at San Francisco last year because I remember it yeah. very vividly of, of he had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play against Washington, came back yeah. and had maybe the best game I've ever seen him play against Tampa Bay, and then he had another really bad performance at San Francisco. I'll tell you, the thing that stood out to me about this game is, is much like the last time that they lost at home uh, in the wild card round to San Francisco two years ago. There's, there's, there's other factors that need to be brought into this than just looking at the player individually. And, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you why these two stand out to me. One, because just like that year, the Cowboys, the, the NFL playoffs go into a second round, and the Cowboys are the only team in the first round to lose their wild card game at home. Every other home team wins. So those two stand out because of that. And then the other thing is the factors that, have, uh, that are in, of, of each individual game. Of that game, in that second half, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, both out of the game because of injuries. That, that, that was not the same San Francisco team that mm-hmm. what they've become. That was your chance. Dak had multiple opportunities late in that game to drive them down and still win that game. And I'm talking before it came down to the whole, you know, final seconds, ref needing to bless the ball, tripping over himself, not getting a final playoff. I'm talking before that. There were series before that where they should have capitalized. And then in this game, the thing that should not and cannot be forgotten is that that offense was completely healthy. There's no excuses for that offense not to have played well in that game. There are none. Everybody was out there. CD, Dak, that, that was that best five offensive line. Cooks, Tony Pollard, Jake Ferguson, Michael Gallup. There were no excuses to be made there. Plus, with how well they've played at home, winning 16 in a row, those all have to factor in there, too. And I'm telling you, like, I get that. I think Dak is an, a very good quarterback. I think it would be foolish to go in another direction. I think he's the right guy for the franchise. But it is hard to see some of these playoff performances and think, mm. no, next year will be different. Yeah, and he always has them over the barrel, doesn't he? It's it's kind of amazing. Even when he has like a massive injury, it almost put him in better negotiating because they were so bad without him, right? His his value even went up more. And even now, I, I don't think his bargaining power is going to go down that much, even though that was extremely poor performance, the interceptions. Now, the defense was awful, but – I mean, John, there's no, there's no other, like, what would you do? What would, what would the Cowboys do if they wanted to move off of Dak? I mean, they put that huge thing in his contract where there's going to be an enormous cap hit. I mean, I, I don't, you know, to be regarded as such, like, great negotiators or great business people, doesn't it always seem like the, some of these superstars just beat up on them? Zeke did it. Dak does it repeatedly. I mean, I they. It, 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 there's no, I just don't know what move they could even make if they wanted to move off of Dak. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on Zeke, and there's been some other players, Jalen Smith and that. The Dak thing, I just don't really put that against the Cowboys as much. There are times where they could have negotiated earlier. I'll give you that. But I just yeah. feel like it's if you have one of those top ten quarterbacks, that's every team. I mean, you got Daniel Jones getting $40 million a year. I mean, that, that just if you have a quarterback that you think is a franchise guy, you're overpaying that player. That's just how it's going to be. And and, and I, as bad as, as people are probably hating on Dak today, and whether it's locally or nationally, I, st- I, I still think he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. 
Jared Goff has everything going for him. Everything's great. And obviously uh, the Rams gave the Lions a pick, a first-round pick to take Jared Goff from them. And But things are going well there, and so everything's running, and he's the king of Detroit right now, and everything's great. But he's not doing anything that Dak couldn't do there. And I bring that up because of the point of I could see them moving on from Dak and him going to another team and not having that pressure of the Dallas Cowboys on him and kind of be you know more of a guy where it's like, hey, you know, it didn't work out there, and, and you go to a spot like a Detroit, you know, where there's not as much pressure on you. And I could see him having postseason success. There's just there's something about the Cowboys that I just think it weighs on players. And, and the thing I've been thinking about lately, and I'm not saying that this is something, this is the major reason, but I do wonder if a little bit of the factor is, is today's media climate. You know, the pressure that is on a Dallas Cowboys player because of we live in this social media era where all these players are on it all the time. And, and you have all these national talking heads that, you know, there was a time when maybe players wouldn't see that. It's in their face all the time because they live on their phones just like we do. And they're always seeing it. And I wonder if that pressure is something that factors in with kind of bringing back the ghosts of everyone saying, well, well as soon as you guys get to the playoffs, we, we know what's going to happen because it hasn't happened for 28 years. And I wonder how much that factors in to playoff games when things start going wrong of a whole – well, here we go again, because let's be honest, you watched that game on Sunday. You didn't even need to watch really more than maybe a quarter and a half, and you knew that game was over. And it really reminded me of a bunch of games this year. Reminded me of the Buffalo game. Reminded me of the Cardinals game. Reminded me of San Francisco, mm-hmm. where it was like there just wasn't a lot of fight there. As soon as it started going in the wrong direction, you know, it's just like guys are moping on the sideline and, and pointing fingers and everything. And then just to play on the field, all of a sudden you just see the worst team that you've seen all year. It looks nothing like a 12-win team that's playing a home playoff game. 16 straight home games, though. I mean, I, that started to get in my head, John. Like, they can't lose at home. They they just perform and function so well at home. And then they go out there and put up that performance. Now, as you were saying, you still think Dak's better than Jared Goff. Are you wearing, like, a Jared Goff uh, jersey as you say that? I mean, I just want to make sure. Uh, you are a longtime Lions fan, Grew up in the shadows there of Ford Field or whatever it used to be, the Pontiac Silverdome. Um, I mean, you, there has to be a part of you that's uh, pretty uh, pretty excited to watch the Lions advance for the first time since, what, they beat the Cowboys? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Long, how many years ago was that? 30-something? 91, 32. Golly, isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, you were, you, we were, you were a little that kid. Was, uh I was probably nine or 10 at that time, <laughs> but, uh, but I will say the amazing thing will be is if the lions are a pretty big, I mean, they're touchdown favorite over Tampa Bay. I think they'll win that game. And, and, and the crazy thing will be if they get to the NFC championship game, that then all of a sudden it moves to where it's the Cowboys and commanders have like, I think that both of them, I think it was 91 is the commanders last time they were in the NFC championship game. And it's the Cowboys and, in uh, in ninety six or ninety five, that's the last two times they they will yeah. be the two longest uh, tenured teams, but that have not gone back to the conference championship game, and that's that's just stunning to even think that's a possibility. But yes, I'm very I'm I'm very happy for the Lions. Obviously, a lot of friends and family are diehard Lions fans, and and the city is on fire right now because it's obviously their I mean that's their team. They just they haven't given them much to cheer for for forty fifty years. So uh, yeah, I mean huge huge. Huge supporter of, of everything that they're doing because it's, it's great for the city and, and a lot of people there are really happy. So hopefully they keep it rolling. But I also can look at this thing as a professional and tell you that there's a lot of things that are going right for them that if 
if if all of a sudden you, you're the Dallas Cowboys, there's just different expectations on you than there are the Detroit Lions. So it's hard to sit there and say yeah. like, oh well, this team's all of a sudden way better than that. <laughs> there's just different two opposite you know franchises. You've got to lay the groundwork to be at that Super Bowl, to be in Vegas in the Athletic. I mean, even if you have to say, hey, hey, I'll kick in a little bit, whatever. Guys, I'll, I may pick up my flight. Just start negotiating that right now, all right, just in case the Lions make it. Because, like, when the Bengals made it, it just felt weird. It's just like, what in the world? Even though they had Burrow and they'd gotten really good, it still felt extreme, strange. And the Lions well, okay. in the Super Bowl would be like even to, weirder. I got one I want to I bring up one, or something for you. I want, I'm interested to hear your your opinion on this. So sure. I've only been to one Super Bowl, and it was the one down in Houston where uh, the Falcons went up 28-3, to and then the Patriots came back and won that one in, in overtime. So it's a great – if you're only going to be at one Super Bowl, I'm very pleased that that was the one I was at. But there's a part of me when I was there that I was like, this is so corporate that I always said if the Lions made a Super Bowl that I wouldn't go to the Super Bowl. I would go back to Detroit because I'd want to be around all my friends and family watching the game. Like, I don't want to be sitting in the press box. I'm like, a bunch of yeah. people that – I Hey John, move to a different part of wherever you are right now. Take a take a few steps over somewhere else. We just got into a we got into a bad cell there and I really was kind of back. Yeah, yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay. My, my bad, my bad. Just moved into a new apartment here, and so uh, kind of figuring out the uh, dead spot. But, no, I just I don't think I would spend all the money to go to the Super Bowl for me and, like, one other, two other people. I would rather be around a huge group of people if they were actually to play in the Super Bowl. But then again, I, I don't expect that to happen. I think you would regret not – I think if you got some buddies who would who would – you know, like if you could actually sit, you know, or somebody, you got some buddies or I'm sure you have some buddies that have um, not that you haven't done extremely well, but you'll have some buddies that have done <laughs> extremely well financially. And one of them will want to obtain tickets. Right. I, True. I, I would say you kind of need to be there. And I, I've okay. been now I've never gone. I was in college when the Cowboys were going to Super Bowls and even maybe in high school for the first one. And I. So that was not something I was trying to pull off at that point. But you being a lifelong Lions fan, Detroit area fan, I think you'd want to be there. I mean, I get what you're saying. If you went home and watched it with your buddies or at a bar or something, I mean, there's there's some I, there's something to that. But if you can get there, and plus if you could get the athletic to basically right. you know supplement it, say, hey, I'm willing to do this, this, and this. And then you got to tell them that Jerry's going to be there, Stephen. You got to really work that angle hard sure, because sure. they will, they will, <laughs> yeah. they'll be there. Right. And hey, my competitors are going to be there. You know, you got to play all that up. But I would like you yeah, to. Yeah. I, I think you'd want to be there. But but I totally get what you're okay. saying now. And and even if the, you, you can get credentialed for the game, that's great. That's great. It's not like you. Again, you've been doing this long enough. You wouldn't be up there fish. But now those guys, those Packers officials, by the way, the people that work for the team. Sitting in front of me in the press box the other day, they got in trouble. You know, they were up there hooting and hollering, and I, you know, and I, uh, you'll like this. Mark Murphy, one of the parts, you know, him. the law, lo- yeah, yeah, 
he was up there sitting with – I always kind of admired that about Green Bay. Like, their – Ted Thompson used to always sit in the press box. They're a longtime GM. Mark Murphy's the president of the Packers. And so he and all his staff want to sit in the press box instead of being in a suite. And that's fine. I like that. But what why, happens why, is why, – Why do they do that? I just – I've never seen another team's front office members sit in the press box like that. Like it's I've seen very, scouts and stuff, but not the front office people like that. A, Usually they don't want to be around the reporters. It's a very old school thing. Um, okay. And they do put some officials up there, but like Ted was a scout at heart. He's still, and he's, he's no longer with us, but Ted liked to be in the press box, and so he set the tone for that. So I, I would imagine you. Mark Murphy over the years just thought, you know what, I kind of like that, and that fits us. Because the owners of the Packers are who? The the Packers fans. I mean, I know right. that sounds weird, but that's just the way it is. And so that's kind of the way they've set it up. Uh, you can buy whatever, whatever. That's just how they set things up. So their officials sit up there in the press box. and But they can't contain themselves. And well, so heard, after one of those. I heard the warning get called off. I heard Yeah, the, that, I heard that, the was, it. Say, that you know? was it. Okay. And, and, and I was being like a tattletale because that's a goal, Nick. <laughs> Cowboys sports information or Cowboys PR stands up to look down there because there was a big eruption after they had to pick six. And old Mosley, I just point right at him, kind of like, hey, Scott, it's these guys. I give them a big point. So I was I was not – oh, and but, but you'll like this. After they scored another one to go up like 41-16, it's kind of, you know, and they're down there trying to be quiet because they've gotten in trouble. And I just gave them a, okay, guys, y'all can cheer now. I, I, I think they kind of like that. But um, anyway, it was uh, some outburst, some outburst in the uh, in the press box. So that's the situation we were dealing with. Well, John, it was, uh, I knew this would be fun. Happy birthday, by the way. I, uh, I'm not great about checking Facebook. Uh, and you're not, I don't know if you're a big face, you're not like Clarence. Clarence is like no. sharing his entire life on Facebook, but somehow I did see who, that who really is though. Who really, who really is like Clarence though? He is, he is a one of one. Have you been over to that place like Hattie B's or wherever he does his little get togethers? I, I no, mean, because I live by like little... the practice facility and, and it's always on this Thursday when, yeah. you know, Thursdays are the best day out at the star. You know, we usually get Dak on Thursday, yeah. CD, a lot of times Micah. And I usually end up writing and staying there a little bit later than I normally do. And then it's like, do I really want to fight traffic, get all the way over to Arlington? But I should as a friend to support him. But yeah, yeah. I, haven't been, I haven't made it over. He had Kevin Pup Smith, who's going into the College Hall that. of Fame. And I thought that I thought that was good. Now, for our people, take them behind the scenes. Like, on a week like this, when you're just waiting... Do you report for duty up there and just kind of hang out and get work done in the workroom? Do they shut the workroom down? What's the what's the vibe out there as you kind of wait for Jerry? It's almost like waiting to find out who the Pope is, you know. To Jerry, what, what's what's your approach to this? Yeah, so it's nothing like Valley Ranch where you used to be able to go out there and just hang out and you know, heck there wasn't as many key cards needed so you could grab somebody and see some people walking around. No, it's not like that anymore. I mean, I was there this morning just to do a podcast for uh, their team website 
And, I mean, it was just completely dead there. I mean, the parking lot, there's nobody really there. I walked by the media workroom. I mean, nobody's there. I mean, you're not, you're not allowed to be there now with, with it being the offseason, so you can't. So you're basically just working from home, you know, making mm. calls, reaching out to people, trying to figure out what's mm-hmm. going on. But I just got this feeling that, that this whole coaching thing, it, it, it's not going to – we're not going to know anything for until at least next week. I, I just – I don't think it's going to be this, this quick this, this quick decision for Jerry to be making mm-hmm. this. I think he's going to kind of draw it out because if you listen to, like, what he had to say after the game, when he was talking about coaching, it certainly came off to me at least as, like, we're the Dallas Cowboys. If we're interested in the coach, we'll be able to get it. That's never been an issue for me type thing. That's the way I took it. So – um, and also when he was counting off the numbers saying that there's like 30 some coaches and then 30 on, on each team and then 30 teams, I, I thought we were getting into one of those Jimmy Johnson where I, I, I can find how many he said, I don't remember how many it was different coaches that could coach the Dallas Cowboys. I was like, where's this going right now? What's he about to say? So he reeled it in though. I wanted to say, what about Lafleur? If you're talking about 32 teams, what about the guy who just waxed you? Why don't you go see if you can get him? Um, well, the one I always think about is Sean McVay, but to get somebody like yeah. that, you're going to have to give up draft picks to trade. Mm-hmm. And the way this team's structured, if you have to pay Dak and CD and Micah, you're not going to have yeah. very much free agency money. You need every one of those draft picks you can get. Yeah. So I don't think he's doing that. And I also don't think he's going after any of these young guys like the Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. Jerry, if, he, if he's making a change, it's for a, a coach that's been a head coach in the NFL. He isn't going with a, uh, a first-time head coach. Yeah. Harbaugh, Belichick. I mean, you just you just never know. Bel- I'm with you though. Bel- Vrabel, Vrabes, we like to call him in the business. Um, <laughs> by the way, Archer and I were waiting on Parcells at his car at Valley Ranch, following the 2005 season, and we were just out there every day staking everybody out. And Bill shared with us, and I forget, you know, internet was still relatively new. We raced to get this up. And it was back when you were deciding, do we want to win this on the Internet or do we want to try to wait till the newspaper comes out? You know, And Bill says to the two of us, he's like, he's like, hey, guys, hey, fellas, what's up? What's up? What are you all doing? And we ask him and he said, yeah, I've decided to return. I'm going to do another year. And so that was our big scoop. 2006 Dallas morning, you know, that Parcells was returning for the 2006 season that would uh, end with uh, Romo bobbling the snap in Seattle, and that would be the last game Bill Parcells ever coached. Now you know. Yeah, I don't think you could even get near their cars at the new place now. Where are they? Are they underground? Is it the, are yeah. they in the covered parking? Okay. They're on, on, on the opposite side of, of – uh, uh, there's a there's a parking underneath the, the main part, and then there's, a, then there's parking on the other side by the uh, – uh, by the other side of the practice fields. And so, yeah, you, I mean, I guess you could wait outside and try and get them to stop by a stop sign or something. Good luck with that. Yeah. And then have them try and roll their window down. Uh, that fortunately was able to get Des Bryant to do that during uh, when he found out that he was being let yeah. go. But uh, there's been a lot more built up around there since then. So it's kind of a yeah. fortress now. It's it's hard to get any of that stuff now. If, if you want to do a stakeout, holler at me because I like them. Okay. And we've done it with like Dat Wynn's retirement. We, Jacques and I, showed up at his table when he was trying to eat with uh, the former SMU coach Phil Bennett. So, been on a lot of stakeouts in my day, John. That was great. Uh, always a happy birthday to you, man. And I uh, hope that I let us know if it's a milestone, and I'll I'll uh, kick in for a little something extra. But uh, thank you, sir, for doing this, and uh, look forward to reading about whatever happens in the coming days. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no milestone. Uh, forty-two. That's my. It's the Jerry Stackhouse birthday. I can't think of who else is forty-two. So yeah, nothing special. <laughs> Gary Joe Kenny, former Baylor linebacker. There, that's that. Okay. There you go. Okay, number Perfect. forty-two. All right, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, man. I'll see you. John Machoda. They call him Johnny Matches, uh, and uh, does a nice job covering those Dallas Cowboys for the Athletic. Good to visit with him. Uh, We'll do some uh, NFL Blitz package. We'll do that next.